Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Dr. Baruch Levy, also known as B, and I just want to uh, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I really love making it for you. I love the feedback that I'm getting from you. So you keep listening and I'll keep speaking. Some of you are like, oh my God, no, don't keep speaking. I'm going to keep speaking. Um, recovering rabbi, right? Clergy, that's what we do. So I try and keep it focused every conversation and I want to focus this conversation on one particular topic but not before I first acknowledge behind me if you can see um, if you're watching on YouTube you see if not I'll describe to you an amazing sign it's called the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy it's part of what I'm doing now um, under the umbrella of the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy are lots of different avenues to explore meaning purpose and resilience as the sign says and um, one of them is the Defiant Spirit. That's my work, synthesizing the work of Viktor Frankl with the Enneagram, um, my passions. And the, there are other avenues, though, because I have other partners now at the Meaning Academy. My friend, Dr. Daniel Franz, has uh, expertise in both psychotherapy and also in uh, Myers-Briggs. So whereas I offer Defy Your Number, using the Enneagram as a pathway to live out these ideas of Viktor Frankl that within you is the defiant power of the human spirit. And so we must defy our number, which we're going to talk about in a second. And the Enneagram, he's putting together the program Defy Your Letters with Myers-Briggs. And um, our other partner, one of our other partners, also a logotherapist, all three of us are logotherapists. Um, Dr. Elise Cortez is an expert in many areas, not the least of which is both business and purpose. She has an amazing show, Working on Purpose and also um, expertise in strength finders. If you don't know strength finders, another worthy personality typing system. Uh, I think it's produced by Gallup. Anyways, um, she's putting together Defy Your Labels. And so we'll have different avenues at the Meaning Academy, along with mindfulness teachers, um, body practitioners, all to express the important work of Dr. Viktor Frankl. And now we're up and running, and so I have TheMeaningAcademy.com or TheDefiantSpirit.org and you can jump over to either of them and learn more. But for now, let's just get into our conversation, which is going to be bringing in my old hat of rabbi and talking about a biblical verse that is absolutely misunderstood, totally relevant, totally perverted, especially by religious traditions, but not just. We all do it all day, all the time. And it's relevant because I see it happening with the Enneagram and the way it's being taught out there. The verse is from Leviticus 19.4. Before you tune out and check out, this isn't a you know, um, Bible-thumping podcast. I definitely walk the edge of lots of religious traditions. I consider myself, I am Jewish. Um, I'm proud to be a Jew, but I consider myself a spiritual mutt. I take best practice from wherever it comes from. So I draw from certainly Jewish tradition, Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, 
first and foremost, but I'm also a practitioner of Buddhist mindfulness meditation, been studying Buddhism for 25 years, um, enamored with Catholic mysticism, especially as taught by my mentor, um, Father Richard Rohr. And um, my wife, Ariella, is really deep into uh, shamanism and the Toltec traditions. And so just wonderful wisdom from all places. But I think one of the foundations of my life and certainly of our society is the Bible that is totally misunderstood and oftentimes, again, perverted. So Leviticus 19.4, one of the commandments, the top 10, if you will, the top 10, not suggestions, but commandments is... Um, in, he, in um, English, we say, do not turn to idols or make molten gods for yourselves, for I am the Lord your God. Now, this just sounds like, oh my God, here we go. You know, Sunday, evangelical preacher, Saturday, um, finger-waving rabbi, and that's not what this is. I want to redeem this, verse this idea, and show you how it's relevant in your lives, because it's mistranslated. The Hebrew says, al tifnu and what, why that's important to understand the Hebrews, because it says, don't turn to um, idols. And gods of your masks, right? Don't make gods of your masks. And that's a different thing. Idols are not totem poles, right? That is not what is forbidden from this ancient wisdom text. There's no God that cares about you putting up a statue or having the Buddha. I got some feedback once or twice um, from a thumbnail pic I have in some, um, some social media outlets where there's a Buddha statue behind me. And um, I think it was either an evangelical Christian or an Orthodox Jew who said, you know, that's forbidden and because of this verse it's not forbidden that's a beautiful little picture statue symbol pointing us to something higher something transcendent the buddha something um aspirational but that's not what this verse means this verse doesn't mean don't put up little buddha pictures don't um draw pictures of god that, that's not what this is this is saying don't make gods of your masks so you'll say b what, what does that mean don't make gods of your masks what is a mask? A mask is, in, in Greek, a mask is comes from the um, Greek word persona. And persona is the same word as personality. And so, so where are we going with this? Because it's not about making um, carved images out in the world. It's about realizing that you start worshiping the masks, the outer form. We, not you, we. Human beings, we all do this. It's not that you're bad for doing it. It's in some ways necessary. And, and yet we don't want to live in this place where we believe that the persona, the personality is who I am. So the Enneagram, you can see behind me. If not, you've seen a picture of it before. Nine personality types. But these are personas. That's not who you are. So when I hear people saying, I am an Enneagram 8, I am an Enneagram 1, I am an Enneagram 3, that is idolatry. Now, I don't think they're going to be struck down by lightning bolts. I do this all the time, too. I haven't been struck down yet. I've done much worse than that and still haven't been struck down because that's not the God I believe in. I do believe, though, that there is a deep problem with saying, I am an 8. Why? Because it's not who I am. You're not an Enneagram 2, the helper, or an Enneagram 1, the reformer. It's your persona. It's your mask. It's how you've learned to navigate this 
very complicated, dangerous, tenuous world by wearing masks. They're necessary. We develop personalities as survival mechanisms. So my eight has served me well in some ways to keep me alive. The eight's the challenger. It's the power through, push through, force your way, force your will. And it has its place and it has its purpose. But when I start believing it's who I am, I am now engaged in idolatry. I'm engaged in worshiping it as an end. It's not an end. It's a means. And that's what this text means. Don't believe that the mask is who you are. Don't turn it into a god, into an ultimate end. Understand that it's a necessary vehicle for being in the real world. So we need our personalities. We need the Enneagram as as a roadmap for how to live. But the whole point of the Enneagram, and this is my challenge to Enneagram teachers and practitioners, is that it's not who you are. As Dr. Viktor Frankl says, it's where you go when you're in reaction, when you're in fear, but it's not ultimately where you're meant to go. That's up to you to choose your response, right? We don't have to live in reaction. We can choose our response to our life and understand that right now, as my kids would say, I'm just being an eight-hole. But I don't have to stay in that place. I can catch myself. I can um, stop. I can take a deep breath. I just did a podcast with a great mindfulness master, Julie Mouse. And she um, listened to the podcast, talks a lot about using the Enneagram as a pathway to take back your power to choose your response. I don't have to stay there. I don't have to live there. I can not be the eight-hole or the you know, four, Enneagram four, living in suffering, or the Enneagram five, removing myself from the world, or the Enneagram six, living in angst, or the Enneagram seven, living in fantasy, I can choose to stop living my persona, my personality, my mask, take off my mask, get underneath it, realize I have all nine of these energies in me, they're all pathways back to the divine. What is the divine? For that, I turn to one of my favorite movies of all time, The Lego Movie. Now, if you haven't seen The Lego Movie or haven't seen it in a while, go watch it. If you don't feel comfortable watching a kid's show, a kid's movie without having a kid, then go borrow a kid, right? Go rent a kid. Go take your niece and nephew or somebody else's kid. Just make sure you tell them you're taking them. Um, and or, or just have the holy chutzpah to, you know, be a grown adult and watch The Lego Movie because it's not a children's tale. It is a deep, deep teaching on this idea that we can turn anything into an idol. Why? It's a little bit of a spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but you've had like 10, 20 years to watch this movie. So it's all about Legos. Everybody here knows what a Lego is and why they're so fun. Because, and, and um, you probably have experienced the following. You go, you buy a, they're, they're super expensive. I cannot figure out for the life of me other than licensing issues why they're so expensive, but you go buy a set, right? And it's like an intricate Star Wars set and you paid like $200 and it's got all these pieces and you're supposed to build the Millennium Falcon or whatever it is. You know, as well as I do, that if it happens, and that's a big if, it happens once. And then what happens? It goes into a Lego bin. Now, if you're an adult, you look at that and you go, what a waste. Right, all these nuanced pieces now just merged in with the the Sesame Street version and the whatever version of Legos, and now it's just one big pile. And from that pile, we build whatever we want. But that's the point. 
Legos and the movie is about, Legos weren't meant to be static and fixed. And the, the adult in the movie, played by uh, Will Ferrell, uses super glue, which is the nemesis of a good Lego experience. Why? Be and it's called in the in the movie, it's just geniusly called, this is the spoiler alert, turn it off if you don't want to ruin it. It's called the craggle. And the craggle is just part of the, the word of crazy glue. But the craggle in the movie is this evil force monster, right? The Voldemort of the Legos. Why? Because the moment you put the craggle, the crazy glue on the Legos, they lose their ability to flow, to, to become a means. They become an end. They become fixed. So what is idolatry? It's fixing someone or something. It's putting crazy glue on your life, on a person, on yourself, on your mask, and believing this is who I am. I am angry. I am happy. I am anxious. I am depressed. I am an Enneagram 8. I am fill in the blank. The moment you fill in the blank, you are heading down the path of making molten gods for yourselves, affixing your mask, turning yourself into what Viktor Frankl would call a number, right? Prisoner 119104, that was what was burned onto his arm. Why? Because the Nazis wanted to reduce his humanity and millions of others to a number, to a fixed entity. Why? Because you can't murder human beings, but you can murder numbers. It's just a number. You throw it, you shoot it, you throw it in the oven. It goes up in ashes in Auschwitz. It's absolutely and positively dangerous to reduce another human being to a number, but we do it all the time. And forget others, we do it to ourselves. The moment we look in the mirror and we see I'm my net worth is $500,000, my, um, you know, my identity hinges upon me being a banker or a teacher or a mother or whatever it might be. They may be worthy means, but they're means to an end. And the Lego movie reminds us that the moment we bring the craggle to a Lego or to our life, it's static, it's stuck. And being static, being stuck is the nemesis, the antithesis, the something that's mutually exclusive to divinity, to the divine, to the one. Call God whatever the hell you want to call God. There is no G-O-D. There isn't. I get this debate all the time, especially with people who think they know the Bible. Show me G-O-D. It does not exist. Show me a name of God. It does not exist. There's, according to Kabbalah, 72 names of God, none of which are the name. They're all expressions. They're all experiences. Divinity can't be fixed. That's why when Moses asked God, what's your name? We've talked about this before. What's God's response? Not Bob, not Jill, not G-O-D, which means I will be that I will be. Sometimes people um, say I am. Technically, it's I will be that I will be. Whatever you want to call it, it's a verb. The, the name of God is a verb. It's a becoming. It's a process. It's an energetic movement. It's a flow. When we're in flow, we're in divine. When we're in the flow of the Enneagram, we're in the divinity of the Enneagram. It's not supposed to be a static thing, which is why if you're looking at it, there's so many lines. It's about movement. I'm in my eight, but I want to move that energy into the two. 
Follow the line, the two into the four, the four into the one, and the one into the seven. There's a movement and a flow. You're not an Enneagram type, you're all nine types. When we get stuck in our type, when we get stuck in our mask, when we get stuck in our identity, we have turned our masks into gods. We have turned our means into an end. We are basically saying, I am an eight. I am fill in the blank. And we're all supposed to be in the image of the divine. So what does that mean? We're supposed to be constantly evolving, growing. I will be that I will be where I am that I am. I am a process. I am becoming. I am movement. I am not static. Static, stuck, the craggle is the antithesis of a life lived of meaning and purpose, which can never be frozen. Dr. Frankel talks a lot about that meaning, logos, at the center of your life is never a thing. It's a here, it's a verb, it's becoming. From one moment to the next, you change, it changes. Your work is to flow with it, to search for it, to constantly evolve it, not to say, here it is, I got it, my meaning, game over. That's idolatry, that's being stuck, that is tantamount to death. As it's been said, what is a grave? Simply a rut with both ends knocked out. A rut is idolatrous. It's being stuck. Our work here is to break out, is to break free, is to transcend those static labels, which as an aside is what's driving me nuts about our world right now. I validate people's need for labels, whether there are Enneagram labels, which I use. You can use MBTI, you can use human descriptions. I am an American. I am a Jew, I am a, I am a libertarian, I am a, all these different types of things. I am male, I am heterosexual. None of them are me. None of those things are you. You are a work in progress. You are an evolutionary process. You are a here, an act of becoming. Those are bits and pieces of you, but they are not you. Dr. Frankel talks a lot about we are not a body. We have a body. We are not our psyche, our, our, our emotions, our mind. We have emotions. We have a mind. You are a spirit. That is who you are. And that spirit can't be quantified. It can't be reduced. And it can, by definition, never be stuck. Because the moment it is, it's not spirit. It's something else. And the moment we are stuck in those identities and in those labels, we are not the true you. They are bits of you. They are pieces of you. But they are not the true you. So coming back to this, we are here to get out of those ruts, to transcend it. We are here to transform our lives by living out this idea that the craggle, that the crazy glue of life, that the stuff that gets us stuck, again, whether they're labels, whether they're personas, personalities, Enneagram types, anything and everything can be made into an idol. A great mystical teacher, the Kutzker Rebbe, um, great Kabbalist says, even a commandment like this one can be made into an idol. Even the Torah, even the Bible, even the Koran, even the Enneagram, even our gender identities and sexual identities and political affiliations and national origin birthplaces and all of these things have their place. 
They are all beautiful when they are a means. But the moment they become an end, as the Kutzka Rebbe says, they become the craggle. That's simply what it is. And so we have to stand guard against this, not, um, not excluding you religious seekers, because sometimes religious seekers for me are the hardest people to guide because they know. They have the truth. They have the answer. See, it says right here in the Bible, you shall not make any molten uh, images out in the world. And we must all have the humility to take a step back and to say, I don't know. I open myself to the possibility. I open myself to the flow. And all I know is that when I'm stuck in my identity, when I'm stuck in my life, and when I make other people stuck, I have left the realm of divinity. I have left the realm of flow. I have left the realm of this idea in this verse. Don't make anything or anyone stuck. Above all, don't get yourself stuck. So we'll do more on this one because it's such an important idea, but I think you get the point, right? Whether we're talking about the Enneagram, whether we're talking about your, your business, which I work a lot with people on business and getting unstuck, your professional identity, your personal identities, the work that we're all here to do, the work that the Meaning Academy is devoted to, the work that the Defiant Spirit and the Enneagram um, conversations I'm having with people is ultimately to get unstuck to get back into your flow, to get back into this path of becoming, of unfolding, of evolving. And that is the divine flow. I will see you in the next video or I will talk to you in the next podcast. Until then, defy your stuckness, your static, your craggle, your number, and live your evolving, your beautiful, your flowing spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant Spirit.